I understand. What would I do differently? Um, I'll tell you what, I, you know, going back to the first question you asked me, you know, what, do I, what advice do I give my students? I was really worried. You know, I was worried that I was not, I, was, I didn't do a good job. Mm. In retrospect, I did okay. I did pretty good. I would, you know, in retrospect, I wouldn't worry as much as I worried. I wouldn't, I wouldn't beat myself up. I wouldn't, you know, I'd be more forgiving of myself. Life is too short, man, to beat yourself up. Just enjoy your, you know, feel good about what you're doing. Do, do better. Always try to do better, right? Yeah. But recognize that the, the good stuff you're doing is good. Welcome to Navigating Now Podcast, where we explore the multidisciplinary world of now technology with distinguished professors and researchers. Join us as we sit down and talk about the cutting-edge research, career paths, and expert opinions on the expanding world of nanotechnology. This week we are joined by Dr. Gregory Parsons, professor at the Department of Chemical and Biomolecular Engineering at NC State. His research focuses on the fabrication and function of advanced electronically active materials. He sits down with us, the Materials Research Society at the Joint School of Nanoscience and Nanoengineering, where he gives obvious but not so obvious advice to grad students. He reflects on what he do differently on his path in academia and notes, failure is not the end of the world. You're most likely doing just fine. Join us as we navigate Nano. I can start? Yeah. Here you go. All right. So you've mentored many graduate students, and I was wondering what's the most common advice you give to them? Most common advice that I give to my graduate students? Um... Um, the common advice that I give to my graduate students is that they, what I find is that graduate students often think that their contributions are less valuable than they really are. People kind of tend to think that what they do is not important. What they do is somehow flawed or not really all that great. And I, I try to convince my students that what they do is important. What they do, what they're learning is important and they're doing a good job. Students often feel like they're not performing, you know, up to snuff. And they look at other people and say, oh, that person is doing much better than me. And usually it's not. Usually they're doing better than they think. I feel that. You have the next one? I can ask another one. Okay, so, um, oh, you, do you want to go? <laughs> yeah, um, well, now, you asked a lot of questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask another one. This is your last one. <laughs> right. I'm just joking. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, no, this was my like curiosity. Uh, when we talk about adhesion, what is the mechanism that un- that is underlying? Because is it just Van der Waals forces, or are there any additional forces which go into it? How we Van der Waals forces where, for the- adhesion? Adhesion. Sticking. Oh, adhesion. Adhesion. Oh, forces is one. Apart from that, uh, are there any other things that come into, like... Uh, yeah, you can, it's pretty well known, right? Adhesion is, uh, is Vanderwaals, but also... Um, <clears throat> Vanderwaals is kind of a, 
existing polarity, right? If something is polar, then you're going to get a, a van der Waals. But there's also something called London forces, mm-hmm. which is induced polarization. So that's another thing. So things that are non-polar can also adhere to the London forces, which is kind of like an induced. That's what I think. I think that's true. And what else is there? Um, there's also like hydrophilic, hydrophobic forces, right? Which is like things will adhere when they exclude water. It's like a. It's like a. This has nothing to do with my research. I don't know why you're asking me this. But it has to do with like. Um, <clears throat> He's testing. It, it's an entropic effect. No, so, um, sticking probability is something that we look at whenever we are uh, sticking probability. Yeah, whenever we are looking at uh, developing yes. thin films. Right. So uh, I was looking in that direction whether uh, addition is one of the mechanism when we are trying out different precursors. Okay, so you want a sticking problem. What is a sticking? Okay. So sticking and addition, I took it like addition is a mass process. Sticking is like when we are looking at molecules. Yeah, so when we talk about sticking and sticking probability during uh, deposition process. Yeah. Sticking, we usually think about that as like a, depending on, usually in ALD, we thought, think about it as in terms of a, a chemistry solution. Chemisorption probability. Right. Now that's different than stick. That's different than adhesion. Chemisorption is when there's a chemical reaction, bonding, formation of a covalent bond. So then it's really stuck. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, the sticking probability is, you know, what's the frequency at which, you know, number of collisions that it takes in order to get a chemical reaction to occur. And very often it takes many, many hundreds, if not thousands of collisions before a reaction will occur. Okay. Is that what you're asking me? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to understand like what uh, basic phenomena would go in when it is uh, physics option and when it is chemist option. Yeah, so, so in case of physics option, it would be sticking as such. In case of chemist option, okay, it's so actually the bonding that is going so to happen. Very often, before you get a chemist option, there's a physics option event. So what happens is things physisorb, oh. and then oh. they chemisorb. From that physisorb state, they chemisorb. Okay. So you can you can ask what is the sticking probability in the chemisorption in the physisorption state, or what is the sticking probability in the chemisorption state? I thought you were going to ask me easy questions. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> we'll have an easy one for you. Right. Yep. So you just qualify for easy. <laughs> It's okay. My question was, what does your mornings and like your schedule look like with the biz- yeah, with, with like a daily schedule, like something that you do routinely, just so that we can get an idea of with your busy schedule, how you manage everything. All right, my schedule is: I get up as early as I can. I get up. Sometimes I get up at four thirty. Sometimes I get up at five. This morning I got up at six thirty. That's more me. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't do this until uh, this schedule just kind of came up in the past like 10 years. Mm. I used to like sleep in all the time. But yeah. now I like to get up in the morning. And unfortunately, the first thing I usually do is look at my phone and look and see what kind of nasty emails I got. I say, do I have any disasters I have to deal with today? That's the first thing I do is I look at my disaster list. Okay. If I don't have any, okay, then I, I get ready to go to work. 
that newsletter, New York Times newsletter, always hitting me first thing in the yeah, morning. I don't do that. I, I, I used to like look at the news. I don't yeah. look at the news anymore because yeah. that can suck me in. Dim scrolling. So um, I don't get. I don't look at the news. I just look at okay, and I get a feeling for it. I look at my calendar and I say, okay, what do I got to do? What's my first meeting today? What what do I have to prepare for? And then I you know then I shower and I go to work. I get into the office and I close my door. It's like and I sit down and I wrote in my notebook. Right, right okay, these are the things I want to get done today. I have if you, my notebook is around somewhere. Mm-hmm. I have notes like every day. It's like and I I try to like make notes about okay. What are some of the key things that happened yesterday? Mm. You know, and what you know, just to kind of uh, record my mood and record yeah. where I am, and then I kind of make a list of things and uh, what I want to accomplish today or what I want to get done. And I never get it done, and then I work, and then um, just usually the by like four thirty, I'm kind of wasted. I'm like done. Yeah. So then I go home, and then I spend time with my dogs and my wife. Eat dinner with my wife, and then we watch TV, and I read my book, and then I go to bed. And I do that every day, yeah. except some days I leave work early. I try to leave work early, like three thirty, four o'clock. I go to the gym, I go running, or get exercise. And then every weekend, I walk with my wife and my dogs. So that's kind of like we do outdoor activities. So just but, a follow up: What do you do for fun? What I do for fun? Yes. I just described that. it. That's my whole life. <laughs> well, how many dogs do you have, first Two off? Two dogs? Sometimes I have to come on trips like this. Yeah. I do a lot of traveling. So I get yeah, on the nice. plane, I go travel okay. someplace. So today I'm here, right? Earlier this week, I was in Washington, D.C. Last week, I was in Germany. The week before that, I was, I don't remember where, it was somewhere else. I travel around a lot, so I'm doing a lot of trips. Mm. So I get to kind of, and when I travel, I like to get out and explore or run or whatever. I just get outside. I always like to get outside, get some exercise. Awesome. I try to do that. I don't do it enough. So you're in Raleigh, right? Yeah. How? What's like the best like outdoorsy thing to do in Raleigh? <clears throat> like Homestead State Park. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Homestead State Park. Homestead. It's a state park right next to the airport. You okay. Can't miss it. It's a giant state park. Yeah. It's beautiful. Awesome. That's beautiful. Any other questions? Yes, I also, the greenways in Raleigh are nice. You can take your bike and go. They have paved greenways everywhere through Raleigh. That's awesome. What else? Yeah, you did your postdoc at IBM TJ yeah. Watson, and then what motivated you to come to academia? Oh, I got fired. Oh, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> I didn't really get fired, but... Um, they basically said, your postdoc is ending. So, okay. And this was in a time when IBM was, they had a hiring freeze on. They weren't hiring anybody. Yeah. So your postdoc's ending and we don't have any positions. We have a hiring freeze. So you gotta go. So I was like, okay, I better find a job. So so what was your work there in IBM TJ Watson? What was your work there in IBM TJ Watson? What was my work? Like your, your, your postdoc. Like what kind of project? Oh, I it was very close to academic, what I was doing. I was like going to the lab and trying stuff and <clears throat> publishing papers. And they were very, IBM was very strict about, look, the research you do, it's got to be published. Right? So they're very good about that. They were, you know, a lot of companies, this is also back in the 1990s. So things are a little bit different now, but probably, I don't know. But um, 
you know, any kind of academic pursuit, you have to be able to publish. And if you're doing research for a company, there's kind of a, you know, push and a pull, right? The company wants to do something that's useful, and if it's really useful, they want to patent it. And if they want to patent it, then maybe they don't want you to publicize it, right? But if you're academic, you got to show that you're contributing, and so you've got to publish, right? So there's this push and a pull. And IBM was very good about, okay, whatever you do, we're going to publish. And so what I did was I actually found something that they thought was kind of useful. And so they said, okay, we're going to patent this, but we want you to publish it as soon as possible. So they pushed through a patent in order so that I could publish pretty quickly. And I think, you know, industrial postdocs, most companies, there aren't that many industrial postdocs anymore, but, but most places where you go to do a postdoc, they're going to want you to do that. So. I was just curious, like, I have a chemical engineering background too, like, what chemical engineers do in IBM TJ Watson, so like... Yeah, so I don't know, I'm not a chemical engineer. Okay, like, but you teach in a chemical engineering department. <laughs> yeah, so I was curious. So when I was at IBM, I was not a chemical engineer. I didn't know anything about chemical engineering. Okay. okay. I learned about chemical engineering when I was at IBM, actually. Okay. And that's when I decided to apply for chemical engineering. Thank you. Anybody else with questions? I can go. Yeah. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, so how do you think we, ha we got to handle failures, especially in research? The frustration and stuff, how do you think? Um, failure is a success. Switch it around. <laughs> Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> failure means you learn what didn't work. Yeah. Learning is a success. Respect. Wow, <laughs> that was so short. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Same you got one? No. You gotta expect. You gotta expect that things are gonna go wrong. All right. So if things go wrong, it's okay. So sometimes you oh things go oh gosh I wish that didn't happen so oh, God accidents happen. Right? So you can't like go around, you know, th this accident happened. If it didn't happen, this would happen. Why did it happen to me? I said, forget it. It happened. It's over. Okay? You made a mistake. It's done. Or you failed. Move on. Right? Gotcha. Right? It's like, a, it's like in sports. I don't know if you play sports. It's like, you know, in baseball, like this. Outfielder drops the ball, right? Drops the ball, guy gets a run or whatever. Okay, now uh, screwed up, screwed up. Now the ball comes to him again. You think if he's in his head, oh, I messed up, I messed up, I messed up. He's more likely to mess up again, right? But if he's able to put it behind him and then remember, why am I here? I'm here because I'm good at baseball. I'm going to be good at baseball. You're here because you're good at school. You're good at what you do. You put your failure behind you and you move on because you're good. You forget. Don't, you know, you learn from it. 
Don't don't let it linger, man. <laughs> so you you belong to a physics background during your graduate studies, right? Mm -hmm. And now you are switching to some another field, mm -hmm. or yeah. so what kind of excitements or things that came into you? Why do you switch into yourself? What kind of uh, uh, difficulties or something like that, excitements. Or what made you switch over from one branch yeah. to another? To another mm -hmm. switch. Was it? Oh, okay. Why did I switch? I switched because it was an opportunity to. I saw it as an opportunity to get into something new and different. It was an opportunity to kind of contribute in a way that I didn't anticipate contributing. I saw it as a way to, you know, learn something new, learn something different. Um, expand myself um, when I got in so I showed up and I said oh you're teaching this class so imagine you, you now are in charge of teaching a class that you've never in your life taken so that's what I did I had to go teach a class that I never took I have no experience what is this you know what is what is a student supposed to learn in this class I don't remember you know you took whatever class you took, you can imagine go teaching it. Okay, I remember when I did this, I did this homework, I did that. I had no experience like that. So I was like, it was like, I don't know what's going on here. But I failed. And then I forgot. <laughs> I forgot my failure. <laughs> and it was fine. Going into a situation like that, like, if you had to do it again, what would you think? I'm sorry. I think I'm close enough to the yeah. mic. What do you think would be like, you know, some key things to think about? Like, where, what would you do differently? I'm asking you to reflect and not. No, yeah, no, I understand. What would I do differently? Um, I'll tell you what. I, you know, going back to the first question you asked me, you know, what do I, what advice do I give my students? I was really worried. You know, I was worried that I was not, I was, I didn't do a good job. Mm. In retrospect, I did okay. I did pretty good. I would, you know, in retrospect, I wouldn't worry as much as I worried. I wouldn't, I wouldn't beat myself up. I wouldn't, you know, I'd be more forgiving of myself. Life is too short, man, to beat yourself up. Just enjoy your, you know, feel good about what you're doing. Do do better. Always try to do better, right? Yeah. But recognize that the, the good stuff you're doing is good. Cool. I think we're going to, do you have another question or did you want Yeah. On simpler terms, uh, I would want to know <laughs> what are the most memorable moments of your life. That is one. And the second, what you dream of right now, like okay. means. So most memorable moments of my life are when my kids were born, of course, and, you know, and uh, being with my children. So um, that's the most important thing in my life is my family and, and my kids, you know. What I dream of is I dream of... Um, being able to spend more time with my family and being able to, uh, you know, enjoy um, the outdoors and enjoy uh, the fruits of my labor to some extent. I also, I really enjoy spending time with my students. I mean, it's, you know, this is one of the benefits of, of academia is that I feel really fortunate and uh, like to be here right now, spending time in a room with you guys. It's, Thank you know, you. You know Thank you, yeah. It's really special that I got uh, that you guys give me this opportunity and that you give me the respect, you know, that you want to hear from me, you want to talk to me. It's it's really fantastic, and it's you know, I have a lot of friends that are not in academia and they don't can't really understand 
right? Mm. So I, I feel really happy to be right here right now. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. We're going to cut it, and thank you. Good. Thank you for tuning to Navigating Nano. Special shout out to Dr. Gary Parsons at NC State. Be sure to subscribe to our Anchor and Spotify and follow us on other social media platforms, which include YouTube, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Thank you and see you next episode.